Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. On DAB, online, on the app and on your smart speaker. Following on, Ashes Inquest on Talk Sport. What a performance. Welcome to the show. Hopefully you can bear it uh, for the next hour. Alongside Steve Palmerson, we will be looking back at what was, uh, sadly, a pretty one-sided day of test cricket. The one where, at the end of it, you've got to say that England's chances of squaring this series at Lords, well, they look a little bit slim. And who remembers the angst that we were all feeling this time last night? Remember? England bounced out, throwing away a good position. Yep, well, it continued today. Gosh, buddy! In the air, extra cover, yeah. gone. It was always on the cards. The short ball continues to work. England continue to flap to the short ball. England adding just 47 runs to their overnight score in 15.2 overs. Australia with a first innings lead of 91 by T had extended that to 171, and only one wicket down. Oh, how close are going down on the angle, given. And it wasn't just the batting. England's fielding letting them down again. Kawaja, who's had a life in every innings of his tour, put down at mid-wicket by Anderson on 25. And he was still there at stumps on 58. England did pick up one more wicket, but only after they'd given Labashain a life when on 16 opting not to review an LBW. Unlike the Kawaja chance, though, it didn't hurt them too much. And straight to back with Paul. No doubt about that one. It was a bit of a fend from Marnus Labuschagne. Steered it straight to back with point. There was more bad news for England as well. Ollie Pope leaving the field after injuring his shoulder again. But what was he doing fielding anyway? 
at the close of play. England facing a massive fourth innings chase. Australia 130 for two, a lead of 221 and two full days to come. You're listening to Following on Ashes Inquest with me, John Norman, and him, Steve Harmison. Big thanks to Sky Sports Cricket for those highlight clips, by the way. Harmy, uh, OK, here's a selection of the tweets I got around the time Harry Brook was caught at extra cover. And then again, uh, when uh, England were bundled out for 325. It probably won't surprise you. Hopefully they'll remember that there's glory in winning two uh, was uh, one of uh, the tweets I got. Um, Philip Bin says, our play is brilliant, but there are times when you simply have to ride it out. But that's how we play line has worn thin. Hooking and prancing down the wicket has got to stop. 5-0 looming. All of our own making. Terrible. And Paul says, so poor by England. As a nation, we're so weak mentally. Australia would have seen off the first hour, got a lead of about 90. England just kept, capitulate as normal. Basball or not, common sense surely has to be used. Put away the bad ball. Keep hold of your wicket. 2-0 down. It's kind of where we were yesterday, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's it's so frustrating. It really is so frustrating because we see there's so much talent there. There's so much enthusiasm to make the game, um, I think, more excitable for everybody to be, you know, from a visual perspective point of view. And do you know what? I'm trying to defend it. I'm trying to stay positive with it. But when I see the shot that Harry Brook played, you know, John, Joe Root, greatest player that we've ever produced, you know, the way he got out, and then Harry Brook, I'm like, how can you defend that? You just can't. And I'm all for this new way of playing and trying to be ultra positive. My question now is, especially the way the, the sort of narrative is around um, Zach Crawley and what's happened to him over the course of the, the sort of time that Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum has been in post, is where does it, the responsibility come to go, you're not playing. I, you can't play like that. You're not playing. Because Ben Stokes wants to give people a chance to fail. And he wants to give freedom to express. And you know, I, I, came to, I came to Lords the other day and I sat with my good mate Rob Key for a little bit and I went for a selector's job. And one of the questions, or one of the things that was said was, um, you know, we don't want to challenge the captain and the, and the coach because of of how things you know are going and the positivity that's going with it I'm I, the, the captain and the coach have got to be challenging these players because I am all for being positive I'm all for trying to score quickly Australia scored quickly nearly as quickly as what England did by basically just piercing the field hitting the ball not so much along the deck but having a, a clear and calculated plan of how they were going to face our bowlers. If I was Jimmy Anderson and, and Stuart Broad, I'm tearing strips off that, that that wall because I'm going, we're bowling 20, 30 overs more to try and stay in this game. And do you know what's going to happen? We go ahead and and two out of the three of Broad, Robinson, Anderson won't play. We'll get left out. It's always a bowler that gets left out. So I'm talking about the bowler batter thing. Um, and this is where fractions come in dressing rooms. But there has to be a time where you go, hold on, lads, we've got three men on the boundary. There's three men on the lakeside boundary, and we're still trying to hit it for six. Yeah, it, 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 you, and I mean, it's it, 
it becomes ridiculous. So from that point of view, you can be as positive as you want to be can, but you've also got to be smart. And I don't think England were that smart in the way they batted in either innings or in, in this test series so far. Because you know what? England have been in a position twice in this series where you're thinking, got a great chance to go on and ram home the advantage and get the team over the line. And England could, England could easily, at the end of this Test match, be 2-0 up in this series. And more likely, they're going to be 2-0 down. Uh, Barrett Sundarason, uh, part of the SEN commentary team over here, Quick Buzz Australia writer. Understand that James Anderson's loving being part of this exciting era of English cricket, but you wonder how much he loves the fact that he and his colleagues have bowled 40% more overs on average than their Aussie counterparts because his batters are in a hurry. Getting involved uh, here on Talk Sport, you can uh, call us on 03717 Texas 81089 or get in contact via uh, social media, cricket underscore TS. Let's hear from Mitchell Stark, who has uh, praised the Australian bowlers for forcing England's batting collapse. I think we were pretty accurate with the ball, to be fair. Um, you know, it wasn't just wasting two, two really high bounces. It was... You know, the four of us sort of went about our business there in, in quite being quite accurate and, and being up around up around the chest and shoulders. So, um, I mean, I don't like to face that stuff. So, you know, if it's coming at a decent pace, I'm not sure anyone does. But, you know, they're, they're playing aggressive cricket. Um, their approach is their approach. You'd have to ask them how they, they want to go about it. But we saw an opportunity there to, to create some chances, which obviously we did, but it doesn't always go that way. And thankfully... Um, more went to hand than to ground, which was, was um, good for that play. Uh, that was Mitchell Stark speaking after uh, the day's play. A terrific delivery first up to deceive or to uh, dismiss Ben Stokes. That was a good catch as well by Cameron Green at second slip. Uh, Craig from Litchfield has gone in contact via text. Quite simply, our bowlers are not aggressive enough. Give the Aussies some of their own medicine. Well, I think they would have <laughs> if they'd had Joffrey Archer or Mark Wood available or even Ollie Stone. Uh, let's hear from uh, the coach, England coach Jeter Patel. Um, who is uh, looking ahead to uh, today four, says it's going to be crucial in determining the outcome of this game. I think it's fine and poised. I think the first session tomorrow is huge for both teams. You know, if, if we can turn some of, that, some of the skill that we showed tonight again and tomorrow morning, we get some of the luck that we probably, you know, no one deserves luck, but if, if, we can put some of the, if we can get some of the things that come our way again, um, we could bowl them out and, and give us a day and a half to chase something down. So... Well, it's, I, I think tomorrow morning's huge. I mean, I suppose every morning of every test match is, is huge, but tomorrow is a big one for both teams. Sorry, can, um, can, can we just hear the, the start of that again? What does Jeetan say there? I think it's finally poised. I think the first session finally tomorrow poised. is huge for both teams. Finally <laughs> poised. Oh. It's not finally poised, Jeetan. I mean, uh, hang on. Australia lead by 221 runs and they've got eight wickets in hand, two days left in the game. It's not, that is not finally poised. <laughs> no, there's a, there's a bit of, yeah, they're deluded sometimes when they come out of that dressing room and try and say nice things to protect their players and stuff like that. But sometimes you've got to be honest. Look, I still think England can win this game, and I'm the most positive person you you can think of. Well, you're going to have to be. You're going to have to be the most can, positive person ever I think to think can. England can win this game. Well, they can. They can because you you don't know. You know, the England could just three. They did it last year between 350 and 400 fourth innings. They could do it. They've got the skills. Not and, against this bowling attack. This, well, there's only four of them. You've got to remember that. Yeah, Cameron but that Green's, was the same. That was the same last year, wasn't it? But if you're smart, 
if you're smart, and well, you are, there's, and there's get the problem them, as well. That's then. the problem as well. If they've learned anything from that first, England possibly could cheers. You know, no problem. They've got the talent in the dressing room. Have they got the brain cells to do it? That is something else. And you know, I, I had disagreements with Paul Collingwood in in the winter, when in Mount Monganui, Paul was trying to tell me that England batted brilliantly to knock New Zealand off the head length. And I nearly fell off my chair. Actually, I nearly spilled my beer, which I tell you what, that is a big thing for me to try and spill a beer. But I was like, Collie, they're just, they're Paul. They're both wick. They were they weren't very good. I nearly said what yeah, Simon you're very, says. Very, very. I was very good there. there. I nearly said what Simon says, but they did. They were awful in New Zealand. They bowled awful. They did. You did not make them bowl badly. You did in Wellington, but you didn't in Mount Monganui. And if Jean Patel thinks this game's finely balanced, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You you've got. A, well, that possibly tells you what this dressing room is saying. And that, for me, is a big thing. I don't want to have a go at Jeeton because it's not Jeeton's fault. It's not the bowler's fault. The last, the last Twitter message we got talking about bowlers being aggressive. You can't blame the bowlers here. This is a batting. This is a. This is about batting, mentality, and mindset. Mitchell Stark is right. As bad as England, England played, as bad as their shot selection and their execution was. You know what? Australia bowled brilliantly. Their bouncer was high. Their bouncer had pierce. Their bouncer had aggression and direction. And do you know what? It's very, very difficult to hit positive, controlled cricket shots when the bouncer is in the right place and it's at 89, 90 mile an hour, especially with three men on the fence. Uh, Dan Franks has got in uh, contact via cricket underscore TS. There is a balance to be had. Yesterday after lunch, we had the game in our hands. Didn't recognise it. Uh, I can't believe what went on this morning after yesterday. Learnt nothing and all got out cheaply. Uh, Chris Hobson says another bad day for England. No pace attack. No decent uh, spinner. Uh, Dan Franks also says uh, garbage. England have thrown away a great opportunity. So uh, there's a lot of anger. But there's a lot of people out there. Um, who, who who back it? They say they wouldn't be interested in cricket if it wasn't for this uh, kind of approach. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, get in, get in contact with us anyway. Cricket underscore TS. Um, or you could call us 03717 Texas 81089. This is following on Ash's Inquest. A pitch perfect delivery of superior cricket conversation. This is following on Ash's Inquest on Talk Sport. Uh, you're listening to Following on Ashes Inquest with myself, John Norman, and also uh, Steve Harmison. AM Jono says, uh, uh, why don't we stop playing Test Cricket at Lords? Doesn't do us any favours, only for the posh people to hobnob. It's a social day out for them. And he also says, uh, England have been in control since lunchtime on the first day. Shambolic from England, batting, bowling and fielding. I don't think the bowling's been that bad uh, in fairness. So uh, get in contact with us here on TalkSport. OK, let's uh, let's set the scene, right? England are set 500 or whatever, 450, 500. And uh, Crawley and uh, Duckett get through the first 20 overs. And then uh, Australia set the field back and start bowling short. What do the England openers do? <laughs> well, I think they hook every single one until they score the 500 runs. Isn't that the, the obvious answer there? Look, th- there is truth in, in the fact that you can tire these bowlers out if you keep getting them to bowl short. The only problem with, is, with it is that England didn't actually make them bowl short for two sessions anyway. So it's not as if they were tired out from, from that. And so... Cameron, yeah. Cameron Green looked pretty stiff today, didn't he? I mean, it just made me think, wow, imagine... Imagine a world where this guy was 
facing having to bowl all day today. Yeah. Jared, you put yourself in your your sort of analyst um, t-shirt on. You're in the dressing room, which you've been in many, many times before. What on earth do you say to the coaches when they come up to you and ask you either for advice or what's happening, what lends the bowling and where people are trying to hit them after what you've just witnessed? <laughs> Look, I think in that situation, the first thing that you're going to say, right, is, is there another way? Because I, I looked this up, Harmy, today because I was really fascinated. Brendan McCullum's strike rate in test cricket was 66 Right. And it really isn't to right at the end of his career, he starts slapping the ball around for years. He was more than happy to play very defensive innings and everything else. Surely, if you were in that change room, you would say, is is it not better for us? They've put at one stage, I think for Harry Brook, they had seven, uh, six guys on the boundary. Is it not better to go to Harry Brook? We know you don't like the short ball. We know you like to back away. We've got no problem with that. But maybe instead of trying to hit every ball for four or six, why not just tap a few around the corner? Right, you don't actually have to do that. It, as a, as a fast bowler, Harmy, it doesn't make you any more tired coming in and bowling a short ball if someone tries to slap it for four or six, or if they just uh, knock it around the corner for one. So I, I, that would have been the first thing I would have said in the change room: is uh, are, are we just doing this to show how manly and alpha and masculine we are, or are we doing this because we think it's the best um, strategy at the moment to beat Australia? And as I said, scoring a run of ball with all those fielders out is still attacking cricket. I would also say, saying to Australia, you're going to bowl this? Great. Let's do it. Let's see if you can do it for two sessions and we're going to block it out for two sessions. Australia would have had to try something else and their bowlers would have been more tired. How is that not attacking cricket? I don't even understand. Yeah, and you saw that yesterday. But as soon as Steve, uh, Steve Smith spoke in... Um uh, following play and he said well as soon as Ben Stokes came out and he adopted a different way about dealing with the short ball essentially he, he took it on the body wore it or he rode it mm-hmm. he said it forced them to change their tactics because there was no point bowling like that yeah uh, Bairstow I, as well they did the same with Bairstow 87% attacking shots to the short ball yesterday <laughs> by England um, and uh, that did drop today but uh, by by that point it was uh, it was a little too little too late I've just got this feeling about this England team that you know, England lose this test match. Uh, there's a lot of criticism landed on Ben Stokes' shoulders. And, uh, you know, when everything was going really well, it was almost like I couldn't see how test cricket uh, continued after Stokes and McCullum's reign came to an end because, you know, how can you follow this? Essentially, though, that mis- those mistakes yesterday, which were followed up this morning, I just got the feeling that Stokes and McCullum We'll look back at this series with a lot of what ifs, and I'm getting I'm getting well ahead of myself. But to go two 0 down with three to play, I just I've just got the feeling that they've made. We'll look back at this passage of play, won't we? And after Stokes and McCullum go, we'll revert back to how it's always been, and this will be just some strange time <laughs> that, that those that that were there will tell the people that weren't, you know, about this crazy time when uh, Test cricket thought that it could be played like this. And then reality bit. Look, John, you know New Zealand cricket more than most people do. McCullum is given a lot of credit for what he did with New Zealand cricket. But Mike Hessen was involved. Gary Steadwell was involved. Those were the two coaches. Kane Williamson was heavily involved. Uh, Ross Taylor was involved. There was a lot of adults in the room. And I do sometimes look over at New England and we hear about the drinking and the golf and we don't, pra- we don't need to practice anymore. And that's probably a whole one for you, Harmy, later on is that have England stopped, uh, started dropping so many catches because they don't do as much fielding practice anymore. Yeah. But, but, but you have a look at it and you're just like, and it goes back to Harmy's question a moment ago as well, where he was saying, you know, what would you say to them? It feels to me like they are playing without an adult in the room. 
of someone of just to say, are we doing this because we, we have drunk our own Kool-Aid or are we doing this because this is how you win cricket matches? And at the moment, you would have to say that they're not making decisions based on whether they should be winning cricket matches. And that's where, you know, Mike Hessen and Gary Stead, who, you know, it's the first time those names have ever been used on TalkSport probably, right? No one ever talks about them. But they were the coaches at New Zealand Cricket. They were just as important as Brendan McCullum. And they were the people that made sure that every single thing was done correctly so that McCullum could go out and do what he needed to do on the field. At the moment, it just doesn't feel like that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, the good terminology when you say is there an adult in the change rooms and there is an adult in the change rooms there's many of them but is there somebody with a a calm in mind and a, a I think a level um opinion about how this game has just been played i.e is there somebody in there speaking honestly speaking the truth you know telling people that that what's just happened is not acceptable um, but also flipping it over, and you've got to be careful in the middle of a game because I don't know about you, Jared. Are England out of this game? Because if they come and go out, how many can England chase? Uh, yeah, I look at it in fourth innings. If England, England have chased you know, 350, 360, 370 mm. last year with no Nathan Lyon. If they bat you know, to their capabilities, and you know, Lords is a fast scoring ground. All of a sudden, if England do manage to get the ball in the right area, because I thought the ball beautifully tonight. I really did. I thought Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad, uh, Josh Tung and Ollie Robinson were a little bit unlucky not to get a few more wickets, but it just shows you the value that Australia put on their wickets. England, if they chase you know, between 350 and 400, England will still fancy themselves, mm-hmm. won't they? No, I think they will. I don't I don't think England's out of the game. I think the problem is, of course, Harmy, that they were massively in front of the game. And now we're talking about them maybe chasing 350 or 400. So they've changed their position, right? And I think that's the biggest problem. But I, I still think they have a very good chance. The, the interesting thing was that Australia couldn't get away from them, right? And, and part of that is because Australia bat a little bit more defensively. But it was also, you know, the, as you said, the way that England bowled and everything else, they kept them, you know, within that, you know, within uh, within reach and they were chipping away at them a little bit and there was obviously all those LBWs and uh, non-DRS t- uh, calls from Stuart Broad where they got one of those wrong. So, th- you know, things could have changed a little bit earlier with all that in mind. So, no, I, I think England still have a chance. But, what I would say is that my worry is that if, it, and I think this comes back to what John was saying at the start, if they do get to, let's say they're chasing 370 and Australia just go, well, we're just going to bowl bounces for the next uh, two sessions. Uh, are they going to be able to play smart enough cricket, Harmy, to be able to get there? Absolutely. Or are they just going to get fall for the trap again? Because the weird thing is, if they were chasing 400 or 450 and, and, a, a normal test team might go, do you know what we can do here? If they're going to bowl a lot of short balls, we're just going to try and milk the short balls for as long as possible and tie the bowlers out because it isn't just about this test, right? It's about the next test as well. Cummins is going to have to bowl six te- uh, in six test matches, right? I mean, that's a lot in one in one summer. Uh, you've got Hazelwood, who's been injured over and over again. Cameron Green, who's basically never bowled long spells in his life because he's always been injured. Uh, and Mitchell Stark just back in the team. And they don't have, they have very good bowlers outside the squad. But if they're going to go with this short polling stuff, Scott Boland and Michael Nisa are not the right bowlers to have in their squad, if, if that's the case. So there is a chance that England can make real damage, not just if, you know, by winning this test, even by drawing this test for what will go ahead. The truth is, though, neither of us or none of the three of us believe that that's what they're going to do. We all believe that if they get short balls, they're either going to win them by hooking a bunch of sixes or they're going to lose. 
Uh, I've never heard a Lord's crowd boo an England team before, but uh, if England uh, do allow themselves to be bounced out for the second time in the match uh, to go 2-0 down, well, they still won't boo, probably. <laughs> uh, Jared, thanks a lot for your time. You'll be back uh, on the show in some capacity tomorrow between uh, 7 and 8 here on TalkSport. But uh, you are listening to Following on Ashes Inquest. I'm John Norman, and alongside Steve Harmson, still plenty to come on the show. We're going to be uh, heading over to a Barmy Army event which took place um, in Leicester Square, hearing from uh, some of their fans in regard to what they think, um, as well as hearing from uh, the former England fast bowler, Ryan Sidebottom, here on TalkSport. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to Following On, Ash's Inquest. We've had loads of uh, people getting involved with us here on the show. You could text us 810-829, uh, much like uh, Nigel in Stafford has done. And uh, he says, uh, Harmy, I love your positivity, mate, but let's be realistic. We need, to ra- we need it to rain all day tomorrow and hopefully we can manage a draw in the second test. That way we still have a chance to win the Ashes. Too many schoolboy errors, numerous missed cha- chances or uh, catches, stumpings, bad batting, and even worse, poor decision-making by everyone. That includes Stokes not calling for a review on Labashane. Uh, someone who's always positive uh, follows us here on the show at 8 o'clock. Andy Oladipo brings you the Transfer Insiders, where he'll be joined by the broadcaster Flex from the United View to discuss some of the latest transfer news and rumours. And remember, if you love TalkSport, then join the club today to link your Alexa and TalkSport accounts. Just say Alexa, ask News Broadcasting to log me in and we'll send a link to your Alexa app. You only need to do it once and you'll become a part of the club of the world's biggest sports radio station, TalkSport. 
Okay, myself and Harvey have discussed our feeling of, feelings on England's batting collapse, but here's Talk Sports Andy Jacobs, who was uh, slightly miffed earlier today on Hawksfield Jacobs earlier this afternoon. Great, wasn't it? Watching that this morning. Tremendous. Apparently you're not allowed to shout at uh, Lords. I'll be shouting. You're not allowed to yeah. shout at Lords? If I had been at Lords today, I would have stood up and said, congratulations to Harry Brook. You've just played the worst shot in Test Match history. Just duck. Get out of the way. Don't. What's the point? Oh, no, Mr. Macho. They've got to take it on. I'm sick of it. They're laughing at us. They are laughing. England went from 188 for one. In, and the, in such a stupid way, playing like this, we will lose 5 0. If I was a British broadcasting organisation, I wouldn't use any Australians. <laughs> Who needs to hear from them? I don't need to hear from them. At some point, you've got Ponting and Mel Jones, and you've got uh, Glenn McGrath gloating and goading. You think, Who needs this? I don't need this. <laughs> if they want to cover it, get their own coverage. <laughs> if you ever play a shot like that again in a test match, you're never playing for England ever again. In fact, you're going to be forced to leave cricket. You just sit there with your mouth and you think, What are you doing? What are you doing? Why, why do you think that's the right way to play? It? Yeah. Uh, honestly, personally, um, I've had enough of it. <laughs> oh man! We can we get? Can we get? No one has said before. We need some honest conversation in that dressing room, and somebody, Broad Anderson, might be tearing strips off. Can we forget that and stick Andy in? Oh mate! Oh, can you imagine? You wouldn't get that on the beef, would you? <laughs> uh, we've had a, an, anon- an anonymous message. Bazball, more like naive ball. How can you bat like that against the world champions? Madness. Well, let's hear what the England coach, Jeetan Patel, had to say. Uh, he spoke. It was always going to be an England coach kind of day, wasn't it, uh, Harmy? There's yeah. no way any of the players are speaking today. Anyway, Jeetan Patel, he says, uh, England aren't changing the way we play just because of one batting collapse. We've always said that we want to play an aggressive brand. Um, it's not always going to come off, and it's it's not a cop-out. Um, it's just reality. Sometimes, as Mitchell Stark said before, they were pretty accurate with, with how they went about their plan. They, they saw an opportunity last night, and they stuck at it again this morning. We want to keep changing momentum. We want to force swings in the game that come back our way. Um, a bit like you would see in, in white ball cricket. You know, how do we change in white ball cricket? We want to change the momentum so we get back on top. And I think that's... Part of the plan about how we want to go about batting as well. We want to keep scoring. We want to keep pushing the pressure back on the opposition. Um, and it didn't work. It just didn't come off today. Um, but there's another opportunity in the fourth innings, and and there's a lot more on it in the fourth innings when it's chasing down a score. See, I don't think it is putting pressure back on the opposition. They weren't scoring at you know. It's not like they were raining sixes and then dropping a wicket or two. They were just picking up singles. And Harvey, you were a bowler. You're a fast bowler. You're banging it in, and a guy is taking the the pull shot or the hook shot on time after time. But all they're getting is singles. Surely you're thinking, this is brilliant. No, but what it does is it energizes. It energizes you as a bowler. If you start ducking and weaving, like you know Steve Smith said about Ben Stokes when he came in, they change the plan very quickly because there's no way I'm going to start. You know, you're using up energy that I don't need to if he's not going to tap me on. If he's going to tap me on, whew, I'm going to, I'm, honestly, my legs are brand new. Even at the end of a day, my legs are brand new if I bowl 20 overs. And, you know, what Jared saying earlier about getting bowlers into their third and fourth spell, their third and fourth spell will still be as quick as what their first and second spell is if they keep taking the, the short ball on with three men back because it just energizes you as a bowler. You feel as though I've got a chance here. The minute, honestly, it completely deflates you. I could bowl 10 overs, bouncers like that, and not feel as though I've done anything. I not feel I've exerted myself. 
I couldn't bowl five overs at somebody who was playing for their off stump just outside, and I felt as though I've got no I've got no way of getting this guy out. It's flat, it's hot, and the wicket's not doing anything, the ball's not moving. I could bowl half that time and and be absolutely you know, cooked. And that unfortunately is where England's at at this minute in time. When Jeaton says they're not going to change, I don't want them to change. They're out their mental sort of outlook of what they're trying to do. I just want them to be smarter. You know, I just want to be smarter. If you're going to take the bouncer on, no problem at all. If there's three men back, just ride it. Get it into the gap. Run two. Run quickly. That would be the difference for me. Instead of instead of taking it on, can you get in a position to then get it into the ground, on the floor, run two, and be energetic that way, and go bang, bang, down and up, and then all of a sudden you're going, right, one of them men has to come in, because if you go two, 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 you're going to eight and nine, ten and over. Not everybody, go, you're not going to get two of every ball, but you're going to, you're going to you know, elevate the scoring rate without taking undue risks. And then all of a sudden, you're putting pressure on Pat Cummins to go, right, one of them fielders have to come back in. Then the risk lowers a little bit, and you can then get back into pull mode. Go bang, there, four. So just be smarter. You know, don't go in your shell, because that's not what these players are about. I'm not saying go in your shell, but just be smarter about how you go about your, your job. Because you know what? Australia are scoring you know, not quite as quickly as what England are but I tell you what there's passages and times even though England bowl well there's times I'm going we don't look like getting a wicket England look as though they're giving their wickets away uh, we've had Chris from Brighton get in contact he says the England team are not being swashbuckling or entertaining they are disrespecting the ashes and test cricket they don't care about it it's clear this is how we play is just a mantra it's infantile in fact when adaptation is uh, adaptation is needed saying it over and over again does not make failure disappear the statements from the players and coaches are either delusional or careless or both either way they're being found out the art and guile of test cricket predates mindless basball and will outlast it and you know what Harvey? yesterday we were getting quite a split people were really angry yesterday I'd say it was still about 60-40 uh, anger versus in favour of baseball. Today, I'm not getting many positive messages. No, no. And, and they're all relevant points. And it's always, when you, it's always when you have a bad day, you do have these conversations and you have these sort of pushbacks against change. And change is there because we've had 150 years of playing for our off stump, playing in the V and the, uh, the old school tie brigade has changed. Then, yeah, this has changed the game. Um, I'm just asking them. I'm not asking them to change. I'm asking them to be smarter. And I think the the last one, and I think it, the guy from Stafford, was was spot on. You are forgetting his name now. Nige from Stafford. You're spot on, Nige. Do you know what the problem is? And this is the biggest issue that I said right before the series starts. You can play South Africa. You can play India. You can play Pakistan and where. But this is the Ashes. And the pressure of the Ashes is massive. And it was and always going to be this way, wasn't always it? Always going to be. saying this all year. I've been saying it all year. Yeah. And the minute you come, pressure on the Ashes, full house at Lords, no atmosphere, full house, Hollistans, Edgebaston, it's the Ashes. It does weird and wonderful things to you. And I know that more than anybody else in the world. I trust me. Mm, yes okay well we don't need to revisit uh, <laughs> the bad bits but I am at Lords where there were some good bits as well uh, Dangerous 180 Tim says time to have some second thoughts on this I have a train to catch cricket it may work against Ireland and Pakistan but it's never going to work against Australia they are better than us um, look we've still got uh, we're going to hear from Ryan Sybottom former 
England uh, fast bowler. Uh, we're going to hear from the Barmy Army as well. And um, also, I'm going to quote you a great piece from Jonathan Liu, who writes to The Guardian. He's written a great article this evening. I'll quote you a little bit about that as well. It says, uh, following on, it's Ashes Inquest with myself, John Norman. Get in contact with us at cricket underscore TS. Uh, and I'm alongside Steve Harbison for the next 15 minutes or so. 141 years of cricketing history. A rivalry that runs deep. This is following on Ashes Inquest on Talk Sport. Everyone's got to calm down a little bit. Memories are short, and a couple of years ago we were, you know, folding 20 for two basically every single test. I mean, I think the words I'd use is not good on the radio. How do you take it compared to, say, the last innings we had? Prior to the Basball era, people getting out six, seven, playing defensive shots. Everyone's just imploding. You got Michael Vaughan, Kevin Peterson, all going bananas, and it's just quite funny to watch, really. I'm a massive fan of Basball. I think it's wicked fun to watch, and I support everything that Ben Stokes does. But you've got to play the conditions. They're the best team in the world as well, and and they want to win. I think we forget Australia want to win the Ashes as well. This is a record-breaking team, and and another record. For them to break, I see this this test as an opportunity to do. To come out and play the shots that we played, I just thought it was a little bit embarrassing. Thomas Edison did not just create the light bulb first first go. Took him a thousand attempts and it will take us a bit to sort of work out exactly the best way. I think we've all enjoyed the last 12-14 months massively more than we were enjoying the cricket before that. He's saying he wants to play the style of cricket because it brings the fans back and you don't win games by playing stupid shots like, like we did this morning. Oh, I love that Thomas Edison quote. <laughs> Thomas Edison. Yeah. We've had everything tonight, John. We have indeed. <laughs> uh, that was just a few of the Barmy Army fans at the Barmy Army watch along at Clubhouse 5 Bar in Leicester Square earlier today. Because, of course, they're not really allowed in here at Lords, are they? Um, if you're only just joining us, by the way, and, you just, and you've missed any of the show and you want to hear essentially either Andy Jacobs moaning, me moaning or Harvey moaning, uh, but retaining a little bit more positivity, if, if truth be told. Uh, it will be available very, very shortly via the following on podcast feed, so go and check that out. You will, of course, be able to hear uh, the England bowler, Ryan Sidebottom, um, who was speaking with Sam Ellard, and he began by reflecting on Jimmy Anderson's performance in the series so far. Well, I think the pictures have obviously not preferred Jimmy's you know, skills and his bowling and, and the movement that he gets. But actually, the wickets have been pretty difficult. I think those guys that are a little bit quicker have got a little bit more movement or joy out of the pitches. And also, I think, you know, Edgebaston, you know, first first Ashes series, first test, you know, last day, last hour, obviously, adrenaline, you're going to be drained from that. And, and I thought the first day, I think Harmy probably mentioned it as well, didn't he? He sort of said that we weren't aggressive enough and we looked a little bit off colour and off sorts. So, yeah, Jimmy's not been not bowled as well as I've seen him. But you know what? These things happen. I think England just now need to really, really bowl well as a unit and try and take wickets as, as best he possibly can because they're behind the eight ball now in this game. Jimmy's a veteran, been around for a long time. Josh Tung, though, is new to test cricket. Have you been impressed with what you've seen from him so far? You know what, mightily impressed. You know, uh, again, you know, a guy that's you know made his debut against Ireland. He's not had the bedding in terms of maybe playing against the West Indies or he's played a few games where the lads have looked. He's coming to an Ashes series on home soil, which is huge in itself. To bowl how he's done, he, he's been a pleasure to watch. He's been outstanding. 
Um, and just final one, as we move on now, we've still got a lot to go in this test match. But think about that third test match. How important is it that we have someone like a Mark Wood in this team? Just someone with a little bit of variation who can bowl a little bit quicker. And I'm not sure how you get him into the team, but even someone like a Sam Curran, who can just provide that, that different angle, different option, is it important that whoever comes in, we just have someone with a little bit of extra pace or variety? Yeah, and, and you know what? This is this has kind of been talked about for, for a while. It isn't This is no criticism. You've got some amazing, skillful bowlers, but I think two quite even teams, but I still think you need that variation in your attack. You know, someone that's 90 miles an hour, a little bit different, you know, hurries the batsman up, a left armor who can swing it back to the right-handers into the pad. So, yeah, I think the problem is, I think we talked about it last time, didn't we, Edge Baston, yeah. where you've got guys that are all kind of similar. And again, no criticism, but if you're all similar, you're kind of used to it more. Whereas if you've got a guy that's 95, right arm, and then you've got a left arm, and then you've got a guy who swings and seams it around, it becomes a lot more difficult to face because, you know, you're always trying to move around as a batsman and see, you know, give it time to get stuck in and, and see where the ball is bowling what he's doing with the ball but yeah he's quite samey samey and, and I think that also has helped the Aussies I'll tell you what the attacking needs harm his pace and your left arm variety doesn't it we need big Stevie Harmison don't you <laughs> it, shades of 2005 yeah. I mean what a legend how, how is, have you seen the great man recently love the great man I haven't seen him recently I saw him for a golf event a couple of weeks ago and he, he's he's outstanding he's good at golf he's probably better than he's batting actually at <laughs> golfing that's your old uh, teammate Ryan Sidebottom who uh, took the new ball with Stuart Broad on Stuart Broad's debut and then shared the new ball with Steve Harmon, uh, with uh, Jimmy Anderson at Wellington in 2008. So uh, he's looking... I mean, how is, it's, so, it's crazy, isn't it? So Ryan Sidebottom has been retired for 15 years and he played with Jimmy Anderson. It's, uh, mm. Well, but... Jimmy Anderson made his de- uh, one-day debut two days before me, so I keep looking at my belly and thinking, how on earth is he still going? But... Uh, Sid's, a, Sid's a good man. Made some great points. Um, they're our best. These are our best bowlers, and we might have had issues at times in the in the in you know, earlier in the series. And we're talking about the bowling attack being very semi and how do we get Mark Wood in? I feel sorry for Josh Tung because we should be shouting his name from the rooftop. Yeah, He's I agree. Fantastic. Yep. But when you talk about bowlers, it's not the bowlers that's the problem this week. It's the then and unfortunately, I had that so many times in the dressing room. And you're going into day four, day five, and you're going, he's just a wide one. He's just a wide one. He's put a stupid shot. He's got a cat on a boundary. But I get you guaranteed next week, it'll be me that gets left out. And that's what's going to happen at Headley. There was a curious moment that took place today involving Ollie Pope, who didn't field after injuring his shoulder in the f- Australia's first innings. He then came out to bat in England's first innings, scored 42 before uh, it was his wicket, really, that set England on their way to that collapse uh, and then he was fielding today he injured his uh, elbow uh, he injured his shoulder again went off the field and the England coach Jeetan Patel was asked about this and uh, he said he was a bit baffled that Pope had to field despite having that shoulder injury let's have a look it's a bit confusing like we we think we assumed that he was asked to here to be back out in the out in the field otherwise we'd have to field with 10 men and I, like that made no sense to me I, or us anyway so we threw him out there at the risk that he wouldn't have to touch the ball, but it was always going to be a case, you know, like, we're still waiting for clarification on what, what's going on with the situation. It's a bit messy, if I'm being honest with you. Um, we're probably as frustrated as, as everyone else that was out there that, that saw what happened, and him. And he's probably more angry at the situation than anything else, but, look, he's a good kid, and we know that he's going to rock up again tomorrow with a smile on his face and, and put him for the team. 
So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll watch that one. Uh, Harmony, we've only got a few moments left in the show. Well, a few minutes, actually. We've got about five minutes. So let's look ahead today. Four then, uh, no chance of rain scuppering things for Australia. How long, if, let's say England don't bowl them out, how long do they bat for on day four? It's going to be an interesting one because Jared made some you know, very, very good points about the series and the bowlers in the series and how long do England, how long do Australia, how much do they want to go 2-0 up? That's a question, which I'm sure it'll be massive. Bear in mind, Australia hold the ashes, so... Um, yeah, did they want to go two nil up? Did they want to rub England's nose in it? Did they really want to get into a bouncer war, full sessions, 120 overs, and still potentially take these bowlers into the latter part of this series? So I think they'll have to wear all that up. And if they get to that, if they get to that stage, they're going to be so far outside. Then uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how England's. Outlook is as a. I'm not saying there's any, there'll be nobody playing for their place. This team will go to this batting unit will go to uh, to Headingley, but it'll be intriguing to see what sort of mindset England come out with. Whether they do go right, we're not going to change all guns blazing, and we're going to take you on, which I expect them to do. Um, England, I would imagine Australia want four sessions, and if that's the case, we'll be looking, you know, just yeah, you know, just before tea time, because you know what. You know, where are Australia now? They're 221 in front. They're back for two sessions with their foot down. They're 450 in front. I can't see Pat Cummins dangling a carrot, not without Nathan Lyon. There's no reason why to. Um, so it'll be it'll be two sessions, 450 plus, and say to England, and there'll be a lot of this chat. I'm sure Pat will be a big one on it. When England do come out to bat, it'll be, come on, Stokesy. Yeah, you know, your team said you'll chase anything. You're not playing for draws. Let's see what you've got. And I think the pressure that this batting unit's under. Wow, what a place to be. Uh, I did say that I was going to uh, read you out a little passage from Jonathan Liu's piece in The Guardian. Uh, he says, uh, There is a school of thought out there that if you appreciated England's style of cricket when they were winning, then it is unfair to criticise it when it fails to come off. This is a little bit like uh, arguing that if you have ever enjoyed a meal at a restaurant, you are not entitled to complain when they give you E. coli on your next visit. Uh, I'm not sure it was quite that bad, that but bad, yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, but it's a, it's a good way of summing it up, isn't it? Um, in terms of the bowlers, uh, so one of the other things Jeetan Patel mentioned in the uh, the press conference was the fact that Moeen Ali is looking good for a return at Headingley, which is good news for England, somewhat of a surprise. And it does bear into bring to mind the fear that what occurred at Edgbaston, surely isn't that just going to happen again at Headingley? Can they really take that risk? Um, but, of course, it also suggests that there will be changes for Headingley. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, after watching the, the, the last two test matches, I found was, do you really need Robinson, Anderson and Broad? Because they all bowled, they all bowled well. But to drop Josh Tung, uh, to remove that additional pace... And maybe Mark Wood's available as well. Uh, that seems like uh, it's going to be a curious decision, come what may. No, for me, I think it's... it's Well, it depends on where the series are. If England can manage to somehow get out of this and it's it's 1-0, or you know, a miracle... Not a miracle, because I think they've still got... They've, they come out and bowl well tomorrow morning. They still might have an outside chance of chasing something on fourth innings. Are they going to go 1-1? If England go 2-0 down... Unfortunately, Josh Tung, I'm not saying unfortunately for Josh Tung, but he has to play. 
and he for me he plays in that Henley Test match. Moen comes back in, Mark Wood comes back in, and looking at it as it goes and picking on what I would say out of it. Stuart Broad's done three Test matches in a short space of time. Stuart would be missing out. I think Ollie Robinson on performance. Uh, even though he's he's got a couple of wickets in this series, more than Jimmy Anderson, he probably would miss out because I'm not sure Ollie's hit the level as what he, he, he has done. Um, and so Anderson would play um, because I think Jimmy is, Jimmy's coming into the series at just at the right, I think missing that month cost him a little bit. So for me, that would be my bone attack at, at Headingley if we need to win. OK, well, that's a discussion for another day, I think. Harmeet, thanks for your time this evening. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 until 8 o'clock, here on Talk Sport. Uh, thanks so much for your contributions. Been blown away by the amount of people that have got uh, in touch with us uh, today. I'm sure they'll be uh, back tomorrow, no matter what happens here at Lords. You've been listening to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. If you missed any of the show or wish to catch up, you can download the podcast. Now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, for more cricket content, you can listen to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 every Tuesday evening as Neil Manthorpe and Double Ashes winners Steve Harmison debate the biggest stories with a host of big names. And if you want to send us a question to a member of the TalkSport team, you can tweet us at cricket underscore TS and we'll answer your question on the next podcast. But for now, you've been listening to Following On. The Following On podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 